And we are ready to party here. All right, we got the gameplay going. Welcome tonight, everyone, to the Xbox Roundtable Podcast. With this being show number 231, I'm Invader, and it's always a pleasure to see you all here. Tuning into the best Sunday night Xbox talk show around. We got a lot of stuff to cover from over the past week. But first, let me wish you, well, let me wish all the dads here a happy Father's Day. To all the kick-ass, wonderful fathers out there, you guys, you rock, and to all the fellas in the chat, and to all the amazing fathers on the panel, hey guys, I hope you had a great freaking day, again, you guys are amazing, never forget that, so yeah, I mean, uh, we got a lot of things to cover um, tonight to go over, Xbox had their extended showcase, we will tell you uh, what we thought of it, give you our opinions, as well, Capcom and Final Fantasy, uh, they had some stuff to show off as well in their separate streams. And we plan to touch on Blizzard's Diablo Immortal. Immortal, it came out a couple of weeks ago, and we haven't had a chance to really touch on it. But, hey, some news came out, some more news, and uh, it'll probably be good to uh, touch on it a bit. So, yeah, lots to go over there. But first, uh, stepping forward, let me introduce... Deuce, everybody on the panel. Starting off with Centurion. Buddy, how you been? Ah, pretty good. Pretty good, man. Just uh, been playing some ESO, hanging out with friends online, and uh, just kicking back, enjoying what's being delivered to us as a, as a gaming fan. And, man, it's just been, a, I guess, a pretty chill week. Yeah, yeah, no. Hey, man, it's uh, been pretty chill. Uh you know, lots of games to play and uh, lots of news to cover. Again, we will dive right into things. Uh, moving on down here, Eric Shockley, buddy. How you been? Have you been having a good weekend? Yeah, pretty good. Just got back from the uh, dance house. But, uh, yeah, uh, can't, complain. Can't, can't, can't complain. Just got some uh, clean done and ready to uh, get into uh, some game talk today and Get back to finishing that uh, Turtles in Time. I've definitely been uh, playing the uh, arcade mode, the uh, traditional mode where it's like you have no no continues. <laughs> uh, but that's uh, been pretty... Uh, that gnarly uh, mode is pretty, uh, pretty uh, challenging. So, <laughs> um, But I do like the cool pickup uh, cool pick they gave in there so you can actually revive people who can do that you know, in the old games, obviously. So, But yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, I have that downloaded, actually. It's ready to go, ready to fire up. I just haven't had a chance this weekend to uh, to give it a go. But honestly, again, I, I'm a huge fan of those uh, going back to Turtles in Time and whatnot. Uh, lots of, uh, well, vivid memories going back, that's for sure. But as I'm sure a lot of people in the chat and everybody tuning in can attest, <laughs> uh, certainly a classic. But uh, yeah, no, that, that's going to be one I'm going to play uh during the next week and who else do we got here general mld buddy hey have uh you been having a good weekend oh yeah well, you know it's uh a little bit of my parents a little about the in-laws uh my first father's day so that was nice otherwise you know just uh chip, chipping away at elden ring but i definitely want to get into ninja turtles uh and finish sniper elite next week that's for sure so a lot of gaming to catch up on Hmm. no doubt no doubt yeah yeah, no, that was, uh, yeah, lots and lots of stuff to talk about. That Turtles in Time, man, it looks like a blast. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, Timmy, he may or may not be here. Uh, we're just waiting for him to file in. 
Um, but you know what? Why, uh, you know, before we start things off, guys, remember, hey, let everybody know that we're live. So please, by all means, share this out. Let everybody know that we are good to go here. The show's about to start. And hey, uh, drop a like. That always helps us out. And uh, hey, again, uh, sub to the channel if you haven't already. But uh, yeah, guys, on that note, why don't we uh, kick things off talking some Xbox, right? As we like to do. And a few days after the main Xbox and Bethesda show, Xbox had an extended segment. There were longer looks at some games already announced. Uh, there were some talks with developers and some new games showing off. Some new trailers, some new reveals. So that was pretty cool. Uh, General MLD, pal, uh, I'll kick things off with you. Uh, did anything stick out with you from the extended Xbox showcase? And, uh, you know, like... Was there anything in particular, like any games, the developer talks, the reveals, and so on? Well, it was definitely welcome that Xbox did this at all, because uh, obviously this this kind of stuff that if it was, if it was part of the main show, uh, people might say that the show might be too bloated. But this is if they marketed it perfectly, this is the kind of show where if you liked what you saw, like here's more of it, like here's some more in-depth talks about it. So in that regard, um, I think they did pretty good here. But I think it's really interesting. Valheim coming to PC. Uh, I think they're really, like they're really starting to court the PC market, especially coming off the the Ride Games announcement the the other week. So it is very clear what Xbox wants to do and the kinds of gamers they want to attract. Personally, I I liked uh, seeing the Stalker Two update. I mean, uh, that was a pretty that was a pretty nice uh, update there. And you know, they talk about the real world situation too, and then that, that that was touching as well. But overall, I'm really looking forward to that. Big fan of the Metro series, and this is kind of similar to that in that kind of gameplay style. So, I mean, hey, I can always use more and more of that. So I'm looking forward to that. And then, of course, they do all the little things. They talk about uh, Redfall, Starfield, um, was it uh, Naraka? That, that was good as well. Uh, Ara History Untold, again, another kind of PC kind of game that they want to court that kind of market. So it's good that they're making this, it's really, really clear. Uh, Flight Sim, uh, was it Grounded had an update or so? I'm glad that game's finally coming out. Uh, let's see if uh, if I can play that with some uh, some people online. Maybe, maybe with the missus, she always seems intrigued by that. Otherwise, yeah, just, oh well, yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, like a, another uh, day one Game Pass game. Like I, it's really impressive how Xbox like just just keeps these kind of day one games coming. Like I don't know how much money these guys are spending, but like the value is insane. Like again, you don't have to like every game, but if you can only have like a few games per year, like you 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 just broke even. And it's a good. It is a great time to be into horror games uh, this year going forward. Also, a standout for me was Pentiment. Like obviously, its art style is very unique. It might be an acquired taste, but if if uh, what is it, the backing behind it, if it's as choice uh, driven as I think it's gonna be, I'm actually looking forward to that. It, like it, it's not AAA, but I don't care. Like I feel like it's gonna be a very unique gameplay experience. So other other than that, um, yeah, overall it's pretty good. Uh, I mean, Master Chief coming to Fall Guys, that that that, that was fun. That, that's cute and all, but. It's kind of like, oh, come on, guys. Like, maybe like, you know, we're getting, we're getting Halo, we're getting Master Chief and not all these other games, but not Halo Infinite itself, gain updates. I don't know. I I, I just hope 343 uh, can give us something uh, concrete announcement-wise later in the summer, hopefully. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, otherwise, it's just solid updates on overall most of the most of the games we've seen uh, the showcase before. So yeah, I'm sure there was something for everybody. But overall, yeah, Stalker Two and Pentiment were my highlights. Mm-hmm. I mean, I agree. I, I was kind of expecting something for three four three to be there, something Halo related. And yes, I mean, I'm not complaining. Like Fall Fall Guys having like a Master Chief character and so on. I actually I did appreciate the trailer that they did because it was a kind of a, a play on the old Halo Three Believe trailer. And I was like, oh okay, that's kind of cute, you know, whatever. And it did leak beforehand, which kind of sucked. Uh, kind of ruined the uh, the announcement, unfortunately. But I, I I was hoping for you know something actual Halo Infinite related. Uh, obviously, I don't want to rush the developers by any means, and I don't want to come off like uh, you know I'm criticizing. It just I, don't know, I was I was kind of hoping to see something from Halo Infinite, considering I mean I do enjoy the game very much, so I want to see as much content as I can being pumped into the game. But I have to agree with you, uh, Pentiment, uh, the behind-the-scenes look of that uh, unique historical murder mystery game uh, 2D side-scrolling. I, I liked, uh, you know, the look at the the art style and whatnot. Uh, it was just a, you know, a brief thing, but I thought it was pretty cool. And Aura, yeah, again, uh, I, I'm pretty sure Crusader would uh, agree with me here. Aura really has my interest. Aura History Untold, the new uh, RTS game in development by Oxide Studios. We got more of a uh, a dev talk for that. They did show off like some snippets of gameplay, and I was like, yeah, you know, it, it looks like uh, very, very similar to like either like a kind of like a mix of age of empires meets civilizations and it looks very interesting to me and valheim valheim coming to xbox and pc that's you know that's something guys i remember hearing about valheim like a year ago it was really uh doing well on the pc and now it's coming to pc game pass i believe in the fall and xbox in the spring so hey it's not too far away and hey that has that game is uh, pretty cool. I, I certainly want to check that out. Uh, let's see here. Centurion Pal, I don't know if you got a chance to really look through the extended uh, showcase, but if you did, like, was there anything that really stuck out to you? Oh, man. All right. The one thing that stuck out to me, um, everybody get your pillows because it's going to be like watching paint dry. I'm just glad to see that ESO is being acknowledged as a staple franchise, especially for Bethesda now. It's good to see Xbox is embracing that. Um, and Xbox has actually had has actually made its changes to the franchise in a good way, something we'll get into on a later topic tonight. Um, but it's good to see that ESO is definitely starting to pave its way as a good standalone MMO. Um, that was one thing that excited me. I enjoyed pretty much the entire segment with Pete Hines talking about you know, how they didn't want to release Starfield or Redfall, for that matter, in a substandard condition. They really wanted to make that game be all that it can be. And, you know, obviously the proof will be in the pudding when that when those games launch next year, if the delay was worth it. Um, I'm pretty sure it will be. Uh, and I really look forward to those experiences that they went a little bit deeper into on, you know, Starfield and just how you could play the game uh, any way you want. Same with Redfall. It's not like a predetermined linear, you know, thing like Pete Hines was talking about. You know, you can play these games any way you want, especially Starfield. 
the other thing that really, really excited me in this was sitting down and watching the uh, interview with the developer over at uh, a Squanch. Is that his name? Yeah, Squanch Games, uh, one of the co-creators of, I believe, uh, Rick and Morty, Justin Roiland. Uh, yes, the game High yes. on Life. Uh, dude, that game looks really fun. Um, and like I said earlier, dude, I'm probably going to be leaning into buying this game, even though it's going on to Game Pass. But, I mean, just hearing him talk about how he doesn't know a damn thing about making games. He just knows how to make really good art and having creative freedom and stuff like that. And he wanted to have a studio that could basically help somebody in his position that could basically make really great concepts for games but doesn't know the first thing about making them. And he wants to bring, what uh, at least he said, a quality adult entertainment into gaming. And in my opinion, this is something that we don't see too often. Conquer's Bad Fur Day, in my opinion, was probably one of the better iterations of this. Um, and then we obviously have South Park, The Stick of Truth, South, Heart, uh, South Park, The Fractured Butt Hole. Um, <laughs> I know how to say it properly, uh, but like, I mean like, but yeah, just games like that, that really know how to interject good adult oriented humor into gaming. And I really want to keep developers like that alive. And so I will probably be one of the few that even though this game is coming out in game pass, um, I'm not going to be the guy that stands, you know, if you want to give the developer your money, that's your own choice. And that's a choice I'm making because I don't want to see, an art style like this disappear from gaming. Um, and I'm really looking forward to this October with this game. Um, and then uh, my, <laughs> my wife, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game. That's right below on my notes. She was trying to understand the concept. And when I told her, I'm like, you're all running around in the house from one guy with a chainsaw. Um, <laughs> I know from listening to Tim Dog on RDX, he's excited for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, you know, it was just a really good extended showcase. You know, you walked into it not expecting to see groundbreaking stuff, uh, but we did see some new stuff. At the end, we got to see that Stalker, uh, the, you know, at least Stalker is still alive and well in the hearts of gamers and developers. Uh, we all know that the developer has had a lot of trials and tribulations on trying to get this game over the finish line, especially when it comes to the situation going on over in uh, their part of the world. Um, and definitely... Uh, this was a good showcase. Also looking forward to uh, Grounded. That was the other one. Uh, I remember playing that game when it first came out. Obviously, it's been in game preview for quite a while now. Um, I could see the potential that was there. And now that all we're going to get our full package in September, I'm probably going to make that my, my next time waster game. Uh, we all have them. We all know the games we play that we don't really talk about too much. And uh, this one will probably take the place of one of the ones I've been playing for a while, which is that that uh, that addictive crack game called Farming Together that I've been playing with my wife. And now I'm hoping in September to switch me and her over to Grounded. And it looks like it's going to be a really good game. I mean, the developers were definitely passionate about it. Um, but did anybody else catch with Obsidian how he said it's actually one of the smallest teams he's ever worked on at Obsidian? So it's actually crazy to like how we talk about how every person of the team is pretty much a designer because they don't have the manpower to have somebody that doesn't be, that's not able to focus on everything. Yeah, how big is that team? Uh, like, do you remember offhand? Like, I mean, like you said, it's small, but uh... I am. 
I really do not know an actual number on it. Uh, but I was actually pretty surprised to see, like, when you saw him filming in the studio, like, literally a room with, like, three or four guys with their backs to each other, and they're just working in close quarters with each other. You could definitely tell it's a very close, personal group of people that have been designing a passion project. And I feel like this is one of the things that makes Obsidian so special that they have these little these little cells of development inside the company that are able to pump out a game like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, uh, that you brought up the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's one that, again, I have an affinity for the IP as well. I like uh, the the films. Well, to be honest, more the uh, the old school films. Um and from what I gathered from the developers' uh, talk and whatnot, it's supposed to be a game that's similar to... I don't know if you've ever heard of... Uh, was it Dead by Daylight, if I'm uh, oh, not yeah. mistaken? Yeah. It's supposed to be kind of similar to that, too. Although it does kind of have uh, Friday the 13th as well kind vibes to me. But uh, there's kind of limited gameplay of it at the moment, so it's hard to tell. But yeah, that's something that I would like to check out personally um shock buddy uh i don't know if you had a chance to check out the extended showcase do you have any thoughts on it was there any like personal highlights for you or uh, do you think they could have done more what, what are your thoughts yeah um i didn't catch too much i think i caught more of the uh some clips that some people were passing around on twitter or some of the news that was coming from it um i th think that's where they had showed some more of the extended um with the creative director from turn 10, uh, kind of like clarifying, Hey, will, you know, just to clarify it, we do have ray tracing, like in gameplay. Um, so that was cool to have them go in depth, the difference between just like ray tracing reflections that'll be in actual gameplay versus the, uh, ray tracing, like global illumination, which will be more like replay. Um, so that was good to see. Um, uh, and then, stalker 2 did he did they clarify i know they talked about how like how it's been like developed how it's the, <laughs> the how it's been uh developing during what like they've had to go, go through um but i didn't catch did they clarify if like they're planning to still make it this year oh i doubt it it's, it's definitely yeah, next okay. year. Yeah. I doubt. Yeah, comicbook.com released a, an article recently that actually physically shows some of the developers actually literally fighting the ukraine situation wow okay oh, well. yeah yeah that's right and uh yeah there was some pretty sad postings there if i'm not mistaken i saw some stuff and i was like oh you know it's uh yeah what can you say you know it's uh i think that was in all response to some of the uh excuse me i'm just going to be blunt to some of the morons on social media that are basically tearing the developer down for not being able to meet the deadline for the game with absolutely no idea that the developer is loaded i mean located in the ukraine and that that pretty much russia has pretty much effed that whole situation up for them and now some of the developers are literally out there in combat f fatigues with rifles defending their country but you're right they're, they're definitely falling behind they need to get their ass back in that developer seat and get that game for you this christmas <laughs> well that's the thing you know oh. oh like how can you like the expectations are hey guys uh safety first you know don't worry about the game honestly you know it sucks obviously but your lives are kind of more important um yeah like before you have a, an opinion like that maybe check where these guys are located i mean i 
I, I, I'll admit myself, before the whole war happened, I, I thought these guys were maybe a Russian developer or something, but once you actually, oh, 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 they're actually in, in Ukraine, okay then. May, yeah, then you kind of, you know, manage your expectations a bit, but you got people who just blindly type on their keyboards or, or on their phones, not bothering to check. Ugh. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I let, let them take their time. <laughs> like, it's no rush. Um... You know, my heart goes out to them, obviously, and there, yeah, there's a lot of stupid commentary on it. It's just, guys, it's just, you know, obviously we talk video games nonstop. That's our, you know, a big part of our lives, the hobby, Xbox, and so on. But, you know, you got to be understanding of the situations. Uh, obviously, I'm not talking about anybody uh, directly here, especially in the chat or whatnot. But, you know, there are some really silly things that are being said, and some people just need to take a step back and realize what they're saying because it's one thing to be goofy on the internet but then it's like eh, you know this is a, a pretty serious situation and uh again my heart goes out to the the developers and the team and their families and friends and so on and i just hope that you know they're all safe and sound and uh, whenever the game does come out you know just again let them take their time let them polish it up and uh Again, Stalker 2 was a is a game that I was really looking forward to. It's a shame, but again, the situation is what it is. Uh sorry shot. Uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, you're good. <laughs> that uh the that Naraka blade point does look pretty cool. I did think it was funny that they took uh <laughs> Phil's, Phil's face and put him in the character creator. <laughs> At first I thought someone had like done that as like a meme just like on Twitter, like as a trolling xbox i thought somebody did that um but no it was like actually them <laughs> showing they're off their uh character creator so you can put i guess put your face on your uh your own character mm-hmm. but yeah you see i didn't yeah, i didn't really I've, catch that part personally so so you are able to like to put like again uh yeah know. it says custom pages faces and it said such as xbox boss phil spencer can be loaded in into Naraka Blade Point. People are just going to be playing as Phil Spencer, I feel, where they're going to put. Did they say how you're going to do this? Like, obviously, um, the, the boxes don't have cameras on them anymore. Do you have to, like, get a webcam or do you have to, like, probably pick a photo on like, an app? A website or something. There's okay. probably so many ways. I know you used to be able to do it in, like, um, Rainbow Six yeah. uh, Vegas. Yeah, that's right. If you had one of the Xbox 360 cameras, it was terrible. But. Yeah, it was, but it was a pretty cool concept at the time, right? So, but. yeah, it's just the way it'd wrap your head around. You would just look like a hideous monster <laughs> mm-hmm. back then. But. I think I know what you're talking about too. <laughs> they, you look like, yeah, you look like a Golden Knight character. Yes, um, yes, actually, that's <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but they needed to bring that terrorist hunt back. That, that was fun. Terrorist Hunt on Vegas. Super challenging. But yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to that. Uh, yeah, that looks pretty. The gameplay, look, gameplay looked pretty cool. But yeah, it's still a cool feature. Um, you know, and because they got his face down. That's why I thought someone actually like went in there and actually like, did a cool like Photoshop like meme or something. But I was like, yeah, that's, they, we've come a long way. So. That was just a cool, you know, for character customization. Uh, I'm hell more games should just do that. So 
you know, if people aren't getting represented as well, um, obviously putting some of the, the correct like hair other than, you know, just straight hair. Cause that's what you see in a lot of games um, have, you know, more hair options, obviously, but, um, but yeah, that might help with some of the facial <laughs> structures or just like to get those down because that might be hard to represent everybody um, other than just letting you go in there and just because that takes forever too, where you have to like, hey, how wide does my bridge have to be of my nose? Like when you're trying to make someone look like you, whereas this way it's just so much easier and and that nailed it. So that was a cool feature. Hmm. All right. All right. Uh, what'd you guys think about the Starfield talk? Like, uh, is it getting you more pumped? Uh, like anything, like actually anything, uh, Bethesda related there in the talk, whether it be Starfield, Redfall, um, like, I mean, again, to me, yeah, I'm not going to play it now. I can't seamlessly go out of orbit and have to wait for a cutscene. It's unbelievable oh. that I have to do that. <laughs> why can't it be like no man's sky where it takes two seconds to go out of orbit which is i get it's not supposed to be a, a realistic game but like that's like completely out of the realm of realistic <laughs> dude if you if you want my opinion i am so sick and tired of every game ripping off each other with these two pieces of clunky metal with bits of black powder that shoot a projectile i mean i am so over the copycatting <laughs> Yeah, like, I'm basically I'm making fun of guns. There's guns in every game, and I that's know. why I'm like, I, we're basically trying to nitpick at stuff. This game looks great. Yeah, like the, the, these weird narratives that like there's no like takeoff animation into space. Like, uh, like focus on what matters. I'm I, I feel it's like RPG. if I were to play this, if I were like, playing a space, then it, it'd be fun the first ten times. But like, like come on, like just take me to space. That's how I'll, I'll be eventually, right? I feel like yeah, they're cutting through the crap. You want you want yeah. There's the planet. There's space. You, why why have that like five second transition? Like it adds up. I f I feel like it does add up, and it will get tiresome sooner or later. Especially with a, what a thousand planets. I don't want to see that animation every single time. Like the, these are the littlest, nitpickiest of narratives. Like I, I thought that was okay. Like that, that's hey good. Hey more more core gameplay for me in a in a what is could be very well be like a hundred plus hour game so yeah i say it adds up and that's a good design choice mm -hmm. otherwise it's just going to take even longer to make so if you'd love to wait for that much longer just for <laughs> to have this like i guess but like mm -hmm. i don't know i mean it's, it's an rpg people are like hey well when you bring up that hey mass effect kotor like the all these other old rpg games didn't do it they're like well those are old but I'm like, well, I guarantee you the next Mass Effect and that next KOTOR remake aren't going to do it either. So, Because <laughs> they're going to be heavily RPGs. Well, hopefully the KOTOR remake is... I've heard that they're going to possibly... People are worried that they're going to streamline the dialogue. Um, but hopefully that the whole RPG thing intact. That's what you're playing it for. So it's hell, at least lets you fly, like... You know, exactly. <laughs> At well, least it only, lets you do that. Not you only does do it let like you fly, I mean, you can, again, you can edit your own ships, on. right? And customize them. And yeah, like they're letting you do a whole bunch of shit. Like, okay, they cut out that one piece, but you can fly the ship, just not like on the planet. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they said something about you can customize your crew too. Like you can uh, pick and choose, uh, like from uh, the encounters that you make. You know, like uh, certain uh, NPCs can be a part of your crew. Like I, I just found that really neat. Uh, again, the ship building, the customization there. Uh, yeah, the space battles too. Granted, we don't know how much uh, space uh, we'll have for those, but just now, oh, just the thought of all that—it's like, you know, that's a pretty big leap for for Bethesda. So you know, that's something. Yeah. And I just like, yeah. I mean, I guess it would be kind of cool to to be able to do the seamless transition. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, that is a kind of a neat feature in no man's sky and i do appreciate no man's sky for what it is but also no man's sky it does get repetitive like uh, in some aspects i mean i haven't played it in a while to be honest but like the some of the procedurally generated stuff like it only had so many options you know so everything like sometimes things just kind of look samey after playing it for a little while uh this though this doesn't look as as bad that way i mean well then again we haven't seen a lot of the planets but it just, it just seems like we'll have like some more variety that way there's more handcrafting going on at, well again I get if people were like disappointed like oh that'd be cool if they did have it in this game but to the point where people were like oh my god like that we're making it a huge sticking point like just, i would just move on at that point like okay oh it doesn't have it that would be cool if it did Obviously, it's doing all these other crazy things in this RPG that you can customize with the ship. You can still fly in space, so that's cool. So, like, this one little tiny thing people are, like, really sticking on. Like, oh, look how trash this game is. You can't even do this. No Man's Sky can do it. This is garbage. This multi-billion dollar company (laughs) that's funding this game can't do it but Hello Games can do it. I'm like, this is not even on the same level, but okay. No, no. And uh, I I think a lot of people are forgetting the state of the game uh, when it launched, right? Um, That was kind of a nightmare. Everybody was asking for their money back. Yeah. 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 It felt like a bait and switch at the time. And it felt like the developers got, like, they got away with it scot-free. Like, the game still sold, like, a million plus in the first month and they felt like they got their money and ran luckily they actually did turn the game around but at launch it was a, it was just a shit show <laughs> I, I would like to say at least if i can add on i don't think the developer took the money and ran uh he actually i felt bad for him because he was actually kind of fed to the wolves by sony uh sony used this game hyped the hell out of it i even got on the hype train but something just fell off i didn't buy the game when it first came out and i actually didn't buy the game until it came to when it released until it released on the xbox um and then it was a totally different game at least but i kept up with the game when it first came out i know it was like a barren void wasteland there was barely any content to the game uh, it was mostly just run around and mine stuff and build habitats. There was very little life, regrettably. Uh, but the developer kind of went into hiding and really hammered out a lot of great content to patch into the game. And that's why I thought it was interesting that Starfield is being compared to a game that the developer uh, has had a lot of time to work on and also took a, an extreme large amount of 
uh, player input to help steer him along the way to basically save this game and turn it into an experience now that's actually, honestly, a great experience. I, if you haven't tried uh, No Man's Sky, I haven't put a whole lot of hours into it, but I've watched some guys on YouTube have done great crazy things and build awesome settlements and do go all these places i hear people talk about it and i know it's a solid game at this point with uh starfield it's coming out the gates on this level and i'm looking forward to just what we're going to be able to do um acg uh, uh talked about it and you know exactly what we're going to see when it comes to the life that's going to be on these planets how many of them are going to have life which ones aren't going to have life um this game is going to be an absolute blast for us to explore and like pete hines talked about you know i'm going to have a totally different experience than invader mld or shockley they're going to find some of the same things i might find but there's going to be a different order that they find them in than i do and they the fact that we're going to be able to have discussions on the things we do and see and the, the none of the stories are going to be exactly the same is going to be absolute fun Yes, because that is the overall point. The people are harping on the space parts of it, but really, this is a Bethesda, true Bethesda RPG, choice-based, personalized story, factions. Like, this is what it's really all about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's weird seeing the backlash that Starfield is getting or Bethesda is getting, uh, because... Normally, a lot of people would be super stoked to, uh, you know, just praise this game. Uh, again, if it was a multi-platform game, I'm sure we would be hearing all kinds of praise. But because now it has an, an Xbox, yeah, an Xbox tag to it, it's like, oh no, 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 we have to, we have to criticize the living uh, crap out of it, unfortunately. And you know, I don't want it to be that way. Just you know, you see, you know, social media, it's like, hey, I. I don't mind criticism. I'm not saying that Starfield is a perfect game looking uh, from what I'm seeing. Honestly, like, I can have my own criticisms, but overall, it's looking like a really fun game. And again, like just the customization options alone and uh, the space battles and I don't know, it just looks like a really cool game that I want to try out regardless. Uh, again, I'm not the biggest RPG guy out there. Um, but again, it looks like, it looks like a world that I would sink hours into, especially with venturing off into this thousand odd planets you're able to go to. Are all of them going to be handcrafted? No, no. Are you going to be go going to every little part of the planets? No, from the sounds of it, but that's still a lot of content there. That's still a lot. So either way, like I'm stoked. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. What's interesting is that they did say that this is the most handcrafted game that they've ever made. And usually what Bethesda does, and this goes back as far as Oblivion, I think, or even earlier with Morrowind, I'm not sure, but they do basically the uh, procedural generation, and then they kind of handcraft it and smooth it out, essentially. So, but I feel like at the very least, you're going to have the Goldilocks plants, like the kind of like the plant, like the earth kind of plants relative to the sun. Those will be the most interesting to explore. The rest will probably be like barren ice balls that you just mine for resources probably. But at the very least, if you look at the maybe like the Goldilocks plants, you're going to have a good time exploring, I, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems like a fun ride. Uh, guys in the chat, please let us know what uh, you know your thoughts are on 
uh, Starfield, or just the sh the extended showcase overall. Again, I thought that there were some really nice little announcements there. Maybe not the largest, but you know, still some some nice stuff added in, like Valheim and so on. Um, guys, did anything else catch your eye? Like, um, I know uh, the, that one Xbox exclusive that's coming out in a month's time, As Dusk Falls, there was a developer talk. Anybody interested in that, that uh, narrative-driven uh, game? I'll play it. I mean, if the story's good, I'll, I'll keep going. If it's not, I'll, I'll uninstall it. That, that's the, the magic of Game Pass. It's just the, the low barrier. So <laughs> yeah. I'll check it out. I, I'm intrigued by it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got to admit, I'm kind of curious, to be honest, especially when they were talking about uh, all the, the different branching paths for the uh, the storyline. So, uh, again, I'm, I'm kind of curious personally on that. I'm not saying that it's on my you know, the top of my radar, but still, you know, I, I'll, I might give it a shot. Uh, also, the Forza Horizon 5 Hot Wheels DLC, they did a bit of a deep dive. Again, I, I love Forza. I love Forza Horizon 5. But, um, you know, the Hot Wheels, Hot Wheels, I think, goes very well with Forza. I don't know if any of you guys played uh, Forza Horizon 3 with the Hot Wheels DLC. That was um, <laughs> that was a really good time. Um, I know a lot of people still to this day just have a really fun, a fun time with that DLC. Uh, let's see what else do we got here. Any Slime Rancher fans out there? Yes, no. <laughs> there was a trailer for that. Uh, Game Pass Day One. That's coming out in the fall. And yeah, I mean, overall, guys, uh, <laughs> it was a win, a huge win for Game Pass. Lots of Day One stuff, and uh, you know, we got uh, we got a couple of nice uh, little announcements. Just to add on, I think it was Centurion that was talking about it uh, with the Rick and Morty developer. That game, High on Life, looks really cool. And I think it was mentioned in the chat that High on Life was actually a Stadia-exclusive title. And then Stadia had to drop that. It was that and uh, The Quarry, if I'm not mistaken, too. The Quarry just came out. So, I gotta admit, High on Life is is certainly on my radar. Well, I, think it, that come, I think that comes out in September, if I'm not mistaken. October. Oh, October. All right. Okay. But it's good to see developers like that are getting at least surviving the stadia thing i'm still kind of excuse me saying it, i'm kind of pissy about typhoon studios um they made a uh, journey to the savage planet uh they got bought out by google uh when they launched stadia and we all saw what happened to stadia and typhoon studios disappeared yeah that was a bummer because i actually i really liked that title when it came to game oh Pass. yeah it was great i thought that had a lot of personality to it and I'll be honest, I, I didn't think that uh, Stadia was going to buy them. I actually thought that Xbox was going to be in talks to acquire them. It just seemed like the type of studio they'd be interested in. But, uh, no, you know, it's a sad shame, really. Um, they, they didn't even, I think they were acquired for like a year and then they dropped them. Well, actually, they dropped all their, uh, their <laughs> the games they were developing. Oh, man. I guess, again, that Bethesda deal, must that ZeniMax deal must have really scared them. Ugh. <laughs> uh, well, man, what a time. What a time. Uh, anybody have uh, any other thoughts on the extended showcase? Eh, all right, I'll take that as a no. But, uh, yeah, guys, either way, I thought that the extended showcase was pretty interesting. You know, maybe not some of the biggest reveals, but I, I do think that they had some nice uh, 
some nice commentary spread out there, some nice additional things, and I'm glad they kept a lot of this out of the main show. Um, but yeah, why don't we move over to some other bits of news? And Capcom and, uh, well, Square Enix's uh, Final Fantasy, they recently had their own separate shows and streams. Capcom had uh, a look at Street Fighter VI, Exoprimal, Resident Evil, and more. There is certainly a few things there. And Final Fantasy had an anniversary stream for Final Fantasy VII and showed off some, well, some pretty neat content. I'll just uh, leave it like that. Um, Eric Shockley, but I know you had your eyes set on a lot of the stuff here. Uh, starting, why don't we start off with Capcom, like their showcase? Uh, did anything uh, catch your attention uh, at the Capcom show? Uh, yeah, with the Capcom show, um, yeah, I think that's where we learned uh, the third person mode for um, uh, Resident Evil 8, which I feel would just make that game even easier or <laughs> not the like because the, the other game was even a challenge i feel like even on normal definitely on like hard especially at the beginning um but i feel like you would it, it i feel like that would make you feel like safer whereas like there's a certain really creepy part of that game where you don't know how close this one enemy is to you <laughs> um in a dark house <laughs> um so like having the third person mode, you'd then kind of see like how close things are to you. Because imagine playing Resident Evil 2 remake through like first person, because <laughs> which you can do on PC with the first person mod, and it makes it way more intense. Because <laughs> you don't know how close those bites are to your neck when you're like trying to like juke certain zombies. Oh, um, but yeah. that would still be a cool mode. Gives people option because I know a lot of people hate first person mode in a lot of these games. So. That is a cool option. Uh, if if anything, they should just give us first person op like going forward, first person, third person options since they're already doing it, um, or matters are doing it for them. Um, but yeah, that was cool to see. And the DLC that's coming with the uh, mercenaries mode, uh, where you can play as Chris, Lady, not I can never say that name, and then the other guy, totally forget his name now, Heisenberg, I think. Um, so that's that was kind of cool. Trying to think. Oh, yeah, and then they did release the uh, um, PS5, Xbox, like the upgrade. So mm -hmm. free upgrade for anyone that already owns the copy. Um, been playing playing with that. So at least on my OLED, I haven't noticed any dips when I was doing the ray tracing mode. Um, and I think you have a high frame rate mode, and then I think there's one other mode where it's basically where you turn off the where you don't have ray chasing on or uh frame rate high frame rate road mode on so then it's kind of i think it's a locked 4k 60 uh mode in that sense um so i think you got like three different modes to choose from so but yeah at least with the vr on i didn't notice really any dips using the ray tracing so um just trying to think of anything i haven't i never played like the previous dragon's dogma um i know a lot of people were, were seemed to be hype about that announcement well that was interesting um, too not to yeah, cut you off but it's like they had it announced uh, the that they were doing some kind of special dragon's dogma uh stream a couple of days later and then they did it mm -hmm. and they were like oh 
uh, guess what, guys? Dragon's Dogma 2, we have it in development, and a lot of people were pretty happy about that. It was kind of low-key, but at the same time, a lot of people got pretty psyched about that. Yeah, and I think, I don't know if they gave us any more, I think there was a, maybe a little bit more of a glimpse of Resident Evil 4 uh, remake, so I'm hoping they, It's I'm kind of sad that they totally skipped, it seems that they totally skipped Resident Evil Code Veronica. <laughs> um with the because if they just jump to four then they could be thinking hey we're just going to go from three to four and then maybe we'll circle around back to code veronica um but otherwise logically it would have made more sense to just go straight to code veronica especially but it, since they're going this way and hopefully they're making it more of a grounded darker game because there is parts in that towards the end of resident Evil Four that especially the wesker fight that i don't that because if you go back and watch somebody play that fight, um, it seems completely out of place for how like the beginning of Resident Evil Four starts, where it's more like like not serious because he can do suplexes and shit. <laughs> but at mm-hmm. least that can seems like more like is this is this Leon and Resident Evil Five? That's what it feels like because <laughs> it's what basically Wesker the same Wesker where he's like Superman. Um, so I don't know if they're going to want to do that in this remake. So hopefully they do take liberties and do a reimagining um, of how that fight's going to go. Um, but yeah, that's hopefully that since they're using the same, looks like the same voice actor and same character model, hopefully they'll be like, cool, let's reuse, you know, take advantage of the voice actor and the character model we already have. Uh, for Claire and come back to Code Veronica because they could really make that game shine. Because <laughs> it, it was like a, like a really cool, interesting game, but um, unfortunately there are, are some aspects of it that are um, well, shit. It, it, can, it can use the remake, but there is, oh, especially that if you've played the first two seconds of the game, which isn't really you playing it, it's more of a cutscene, but it's when you watch it, it's basically like you're in Umbrella Lab with Claire because she played Resident Evil 2 Remake. She goes to where her brother Chris is, who went to Europe where Umbrella's, one of Umbrella's headquarters is. Um, and she's like breaking, it's almost kind of, they can make it kind of like a, if you played Metal Gear Solid 2, where it's like, you know, uh, basically you're playing as, you know, Snake breaking into that, uh, you know, ship. And like they can make it a cool espionage, like breaking into Umbrella while that all happens and then you get taken to this island where the rest of the game occurs so you actually get to play that part you never got to play in the first game they could really something we've never seen with umbrella that that could really sell and you know get people really hyped because you never get to, get to actually play that portion of code veronica it's just a cool awesome cutscene um back from the early 2000s so mm-hmm well, I just hope that going forward they don't cut any more content out of the Resident Evil game uh, remakes or remasters or whatever. Because I remember playing oh, okay. Resident Evil 3, and uh, yeah, there were some things cut out there. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm the largest Resident Evil fan out there, but uh, you know, nobody likes Was it a substantial hear... portion? I couldn't remember. There, there, there were some sections, yeah. There were some noticeable sections. Again, I'm, I wouldn't call okay. myself the the biggest Resident Evil fan out there, but a lot of other people felt, uh, well, you know, uh, were turned off by, uh, again, the lack, uh, some of the lack of uh, 
there were some sections that were unfortunately left out uh whether that be because of dev time or whatnot it just you know it wasn't uh, yeah, they it wasn't did a pump good that it came out what a year after well yeah because they got a lot of praise they got a, a ton of praise for resident evil 2 remake and then yeah, yeah they then yeah that that came out quickly and uh yeah just uh Res- it seems they've taken their time with with this one so Mm-hmm. As they should, and I enjoyed uh, the Resident Evil Three game. I'll, I'll admit, I'll totally admit, it was cool. Um, it's just, yeah, there were there was uh, sections of the game where I'm like, oh, well, this kind of doesn't feel like in the place that it should be. So it was kind of noticeable that way. And then when I went to go look at the commentary, you know, like, oh, why why are these guys all pissed off? It's like, oh, okay, okay, yeah, there, okay, this does seem like there was content missing and so on. So yeah, you know, I understand why people were upset by that, especially the uh, more hardcore Resident Evil fans. But still, still a, a fun game overall, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I mean, Shockley, you were saying, I, I mean, uh, there's updates going to those games. Like, uh, was it uh, two, three, and seven? They're adding 4K, higher frame rates, and I think 3D audio for like uh, updates for xbox series consoles playstation and so on all for free i mean that you know that's a nice touch right i mean that's the way to do it you know uh nobody wants to pay for these kinds of upgrades right (laughs) activision (laughs) yeah unfortunately though i think yeah if the apparently and it's the same as like the final fantasy 7 uh hey if you got it free through ps plus you don't get the free upgrade this is the same sorry my dog (laughs) um but this is the same deal where you don't get that free upgrade if you just got Final or uh, Resident Evil Seven through PS Plus. So, gotta buy it. But it, I mean, that thing's probably dirt cheap when you find it on sale. So, oh, all right, all right, good to know. Um, uh, anything else catch your eye from Capcom or uh, like I know that there was some Monster Hunter stuff and. Uh... I don't, know, like, I don't know if Street Fighter caught your eye at all, too. I think they had uh, some more gameplay for that. I mean, overall, oh, it seemed yeah, like I a forgot. decent show. But... Yeah, I forgot, because from their first showing, they like said, hey, here's kind of that brief showing, and I think they moved on, and then they came back around to their actual show. Um, but yeah, that seemed cool with the character creator, so that'll be interesting to see how that works out. Um, but I do like kind of the look that they're going for, so it makes gives the characters all kind of distinct realistic look so that seemed pretty cool all right all right uh centurion pal i don't know if you happened to catch any of the uh capcom showcase uh, but it, but if you did though like was there anything that you know caught your attention that you're like kind of excited for like what, what are your thoughts on it I'm going to be absolutely honest. Um, I've been catching all the highlights from folks like uh, Shockley and other people on YouTube that kind of filled me in. Um, I'm, I keep buying Capcom games and adding them to my backlog. I just never get around to playing them. I just finished uh, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. So I almost like in my head are thinking, man, I guess it's a good thing that I waited so long to play these games because now I get to play them at 4K with some of the updates. So this is going to be great. Well, um, that's pretty much my takeaway from this whole thing that I guess at least I waited this long, regretfully. (laughs) 
Hey, you're not the only one. I, I, I had started it like a year or two ago, but I just haven't, <laughs> I haven't gone back to it because again, as I mentioned a lot in these shows, I do have quite the backlog, right? And unfortunately, right, and that's one I of them. Do, I got that far in Resident Evil 7, I guess. I mean, I guess I got three quarters of the way of the game and I stopped playing it for whatever reason. And I went back and played it just like a month or two ago and I beat it. And I was like, wow, I didn't know it was that close. Oops. <laughs> It happens. I think I think everybody in the chat would agree with us that, you know, it just you have a backlog, right? That's just what happens. <laughs> so but um, no, otherwise, though, I mean, besides the Resident Evil titles, uh, anything else catch your eyes or just like, eh, you know, I'm more interested in other shows overall. I God, I'm not going to say if I actually had to sit down and pick from a list of show like the stuff, I will say Capcom was one of the ones that caught my eye. Um, I feel like that's why I'm taking in because I work so much and a lot of these shows come on while I'm at work. And to be honest, my job can be very uh, quiet. And so I love listening to podcasts. And yeah, at the point when you're listening to podcasts at work while these shows are taking place, it, you're pretty much getting the lowdown without having to watch the show. And uh, I would have to say Capcom was one of the ones I was interested in. All right. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff we already kind of knew about, but they did have some nice announcements. So, you know, I got to give them credit for that. Well, uh, I'm talking it's nice to see that they're updating the games. We knew about like a lot of their stuff coming because of the St PlayStation State of Play. But to hear a lot about the updates and the things that we're getting for games that we've already purchased and that Capcom is taking a stance as yet another developer that believes that upgrades shouldn't cost you. Mm -hmm. agreed yeah no it's the way to go to go and they did the right thing there um yeah no i'm again there were some good things showing off there I, i'm not saying it was my most ante anticipated show but no I, I think they did a, a, a lot of good there uh general mld buddy i don't know if you had any like excitement for this show if you were interested in any of these games here but uh you know please tell us you know if you, if you happen to catch this showcase like did you like anything that they showed off any announcements any of the gameplay uh please let us know your thoughts uh in terms of the capcom showcase uh, i think everyone else on the panel pretty much said it all there i do think it's nice that the resident evil games are getting the free upgrades i already played the mainline games myself so it doesn't affect me personally uh, i'm I, I got too big of a backlog to replay them again i don't know that's just me I think Resident Evil 4, however, was the highlight. I'm looking forward to that the most. That's definitely a day one buy for me. I played so much of that on the GameCube and later on when it came to Xbox. Like that game, I, I know like it was said in in like before, how it kind of makes more sense to do Code Veronica, but Resident Evil 4, the, that, that game just printed so much money. Like you got to do that one first and then circle back to Code Veronica, I think. And you know, give that game the, the, the love it deserves afterwards, I think. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to Resident Evil 4. Um, I hope it uh, you know, changes some things, so it's not like a one-to-one, -one, obviously. I, I think, obviously, they're going to make it a little more uh, uh, horror-oriented, which is good. Because uh, the original game, I, I don't know. I mean, I always, I never was never short on ammo playing the Resident Evil 4, because I was always very stingy with it. If they can make it like Resident Evil 2, like, you know, I'm down. So I'm, I'm glad Capcom's doing that. Otherwise, uh, their other games just didn't quite catch my attention, like that one with the dinosaurs and the whatever. Eh, that seems okay, but eh, not my cup of tea. But otherwise, yeah, uh, everyone already said 
talked about Capcom on the show there. Mm-hmm. It's funny you mentioned that one too because you know it would seem like something up my alley. It it seems like Anthem meets Turok in a lot of ways. Uh, just judging by the gameplay. Funny enough, I have Anthem gameplay on as I'm talking, but because uh, you look at the the way that the suits are designed and the classes and they just they look like the spit spitting image of uh, from anthem to me so i, I just wonder i'm kind of wondering to myself if there's any inspiration there the gameplay looks fun it just it looks crazy <laughs> oh oh man but uh yeah overall i mean uh i i thought that the capcom showcase was okay i mean uh, it, we again a lot of stuff we already knew about but still some nice announcements there and i'm glad they're doing the free stuff the free upgrades are always welcome today um, but Shockley, buddy, I'll go over to you again, because that wasn't the only thing that happened this week. We also had a Final Fantasy VII anniversary stream. I, was it, the 25th anniversary, if I'm not mistaken. They had a couple of, uh, interesting announcements there. Uh, what'd you think about what they, uh, showed off? I think, uh, cause what they had, yeah, a couple of Final Fantasy VII related, uh, games and content, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, I didn't even notice the, uh, like, know about the stream too much until um, Mr. or McQuack that I follow on Twitter and uh, Sixers Octavian, I forget his exact handle, uh, but some of the people I follow there on Twitter that are big into JRPGs or those types of games uh, coming to Xbox uh, were kind of hyping it up. Plus, we heard from the snitch that crisis core would be coming to switch xbox playstation um so we're like okay maybe this is the time since it's the anniversary and they're probably going to announce some other news or platforms about Final fantasy 7 remake which they did start off at first um so you were like okay shit they're gonna especially when they showed off final fantasy 7 again um you thought okay well what are they going to announce here? Obviously, the game's already on PlayStation, PS4, PS5, or Endergrade is on PS5. Um, and then when you see them release that date of like, hey, it's coming to PC again uh, for Steam, and then no Xbox, then I was just like, okay. Obviously, then the snitch is probably wrong about the Crisis Core, because why would they not bring it to Xbox? The deal's over. Like, I don't think there's some secret deal. Like, we knew about the first deal, and they disclosed that and printed it on every box. So we knew, and I think they even, when they, I think it briefly got delayed, and so they delayed the extension. So they let us know about that. But there's supposed to be some secret extension, um, I don't or secret deal, exclusivity deal that they aren't disclosing. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case. I think it's just square being square. Um, cause there's other games that have skipped Xbox or there's other games that have skipped other like platforms. <laughs> so I think it's just being them just like, Hey, deciding we just don't care. Um, <laughs> cause then I don't understand why would you bring crisis core when, when they announced that part, I was like, at first I was like happy. I was like, oh, okay, cool. That's awesome. It's coming to Xbox. Um, and, but then I was just thinking about him like, this doesn't make any sense because um, like I get why people are upset about it. Cause it kind of seems like, well, you're giving us no indication that it's ever, we're ever getting the rest of the story. I get 
Crisis Core is a prequel to Final Fantasy VII that's on Xbox right now. Uh, but you're giving us no, you're almost making it very clear that, hey, it ain't coming. Don't count on it anytime soon, at least. But hey, buy this game, uh, buy Cry- Crisis Core, um, you know, enjoy that. The only thing I, I, I don't like that they're even bringing it to Xbox um, is because I, I get it. Be, it's awesome that it is coming. But the only downside to it is you can see clearly people are just feeling it as like a slap in the face. Um, or, you know, guess what? You're telling those people that they have to get a PS5. Um, might as well get a PS5 because we ain't given you, you know, if you're a hardcore fan, you're going to get a PS5 anyway to play the second game day one. And even if you were holding out for this one, well, now it's giving you the indication that just get a PS5 and play through the first one and enjoy the second one. Hell, you might as well just buy a Crisis Core on PS5 and just have them all together and and then don't buy it on the Xbox. But then that kind of swings back to Square's going to see that hey, people either went out and bought a PlayStation, just bought Crisis Core on that platform, even though they might be Xbox main, you know, mainly play on Xbox. Um, Or they're going to see people just being pissed off of like, screw it, I'm not going to buy this game. I was going to check out, you know, this Final Fantasy VII game when it eventually came to Xbox because, hey, they gave us a date. Obviously, didn't promise that it was coming to other consoles, um, but they did give people a date where people and they led pep people on, they never like came out and said, Hey, I know a lot of you, we see, cause they see what's on Twitter when people are like, um, cause you even see with Kojima coming out and them saying, Hey, we love, we still like PlayStation. We still have deals with PlayStation. Don't get that twisted. Oh, we saw us yeah. on Xbox's stage. So they read twit. They read these, you know, what people are saying on Twitter and that's all over it. Like people have been talking like, Hey, it's eventually coming, you know, cause the deals this date. So they've clearly let people on, or at least didn't let people know, hey, that's not what's going to happen. <laughs> um, but that's the only issue I see it is Square's going to use this as a barometer to like, oh, well, you guys don't like these smaller types of games. Well, screw it. We're not going to bring Strangers, uh, Stranger of Paradise or like other games like that that aren't big mainline uh, games. Or heck, maybe we'll just... I guess this is a Final Fantasy game, right? So maybe we'll just skip Final Fantasy 16 coming after whatever deal that's... Maybe that deal never... <laughs> who knows? Just using it as another game of like, wow, this, the sales of this game were abysmal on Xbox. Well, gee, I wonder why. Why wouldn't you just... Especially because the, there's not a huge... I mean, people think that there's not like a giant JRPG fan base on xbox and i'm sure there's not yeah compared to the other platforms sure um but you're not helping the situation by what you should be doing if you're wasting resources to port this over to xbox then hype up hey guess what you guys aren't getting it on your platform tomorrow like steam but hey guess what we're releasing it you know spring 2023 you're eventually going to get it then people are like okay let me check out this crisis core that's coming out sooner I'll play that in between, hype up, so then people actually on that platform buy your game and then lead that into, um, because that's a prequel anyway, lead that into playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. Then they'll understand certain things at the end of that game that kind of allude back to Crisis Core, 
So it'd be a perfect setup. So I, I don't understand. Are they just trying to waste resources and not sell games? Like, I just don't understand their thinking. <laughs> You're supposed to grow Final Fantasy, not limit. It's a giant freaking IP in gaming. Look what Persona is doing. There, that was definitely a much smaller niche. And back when the PS2, there was definitely P, uh, people that played those games. But Persona, I didn't. I, I saw it sometimes in magazines. I didn't hear anybody ever, like in high school, ever talking about Persona. Like you'd had to be people that were like hardcore into, you know, more of like that mm-hmm. anime or JRPG yeah. grouping. I'd see like the pictures. I'm like, oh, this looks kind of cool. I would never hear anybody talking about it. <laughs> But like it's gotten very big, and the and those games are awesome, and that and you know it's gotten to the side. It's getting closer to streamline with the Final Fantasy, or not Final Fantasy, but Persona Five Royal. So and they're growing that base out to now all platforms. It's getting that like you're supposed to be growing this IP, and people also forget. They're like, hey, well this game's not going to sell. I heard Jay Barry saying if it went to Xbox, it wouldn't sell anyway. So they're not really missing out on too many sales. No, that's you not understanding how big Final Fantasy VII is. Guess what? No one, most gamers probably don't know any characters other than maybe Titus from, or, you know, uh, you know, from the Final Fantasy uh, X, and barely any of them know any of those characters. Everybody in gaming, whether you play Final Fantasy games or not, knows Sephiroth and probably knows Cloud. They are transcendent characters like that. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VII is transcendent in gaming. Like those two characters are well known, even if you don't play those games, because the, just the coolness factor of them, the story. Um, that was like a big jump when Final Fantasy VII came out, where it brought in more people. Were like, oh, this looks way different than the other Final Fantasy VII or Final Fantasy games. Let me check this out. This seems way cooler than those um like this game has a way bigger mass appeal um than a lot of those other games i even saw some people saying that we're kind of downplaying or saying all this stuff of like xbox players not being into this and then i see them tweet the same thing saying yeah i never played any of these games before but this one seems pretty cool i'm gonna check it out i'm like you literally just said xbox players wouldn't check this game out you yourself said Never played any other Final Fantasy VII game, but you're going to check this one out. See how that works? <laughs> like, I just don't understand what Square is doing, but yeah, sure. Whatever, it's their business. <laughs> yeah. Run it how, they, how you want, I guess. Well, again, they've always had a, a close relationship with Sony, uh, going back to the PlayStation 1 days. Um, and again, like... Uh, <sighs> you know what do you want me to say i mean it is a pretty aggressive move by uh sony to get that exclusivity Uh, i was kind of curious because i know uh, a couple of days before any of the uh, showcases were starting uh some people had noticed that i think it was on i'm not sure if it was the playstation website or something but there was like some it was something like only on playstation or whatever it was taken off the website i mean sorry guys i may be remembering something different but i remember there was some talk like oh maybe xbox got them to put it on game pass or it's coming to the xbox systems but no that never happened and uh seeing this new chapter added uh 
to Final Fantasy VII Remake, and they got the exclusivity. You know, the Xbox version isn't coming any anytime soon, especially when they don't uh, talk about it. They don't want to talk yeah, about e- it at all. Either either Sony did do some back uh, backdoor exclusive deal that no one's that they're not disclosing, and they're massively overpaying for this deal to just continue and continuously lock it for the foreseeable future or square is giving them a huge discount and doing them a solid and losing money in the process. One of those is true. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now MLD, I don't know how, if you're a fan of final fantasy or if you grew up with final fantasy seven, I know I, myself, I'm one of the few who just, I I never played final fantasy seven. I I know, I know it's heresy. It's heresy guys. I, but um, I know some of the characters, believe me, like Tifa, Sephiroth, and all that. I know some. I know some things. Don't get me wrong, because uh, uh, a good friend of mine uh, was obsessed with that title and still is. But uh, yeah, MLD, do you have any thoughts on the Final Fantasy uh, 25th anniversary st- stream? Uh, anything catch your eye and so on? Uh, well, I can only see my piece as like an Xbox fan that's just you know. It's another high-profile snub, and yeah, that, that's basically my take on this right now. Uh, Sony's been doing locking away Final Fantasy since the PS1 days. In my opinion, nothing has changed. I think it's it's part of a systematic goal on Sony's part uh, to create the perception that if you want to play the AAA JRPGs, you got to get a PlayStation. It was true back in the PS1 days. It's true now. So. I think Square. I think Square is comfortable with that. They think that the game's gonna sell more than enough on its own, just be on PlayStation. And if that's what they want to do, then hey, more power to them. But I definitely think that it's a bit weird that we thought that the exclusive deal was only for one year, and it's up, and yet still no word on an Xbox version. It's pretty weird. So I mean, I'm I'm just thinking to myself. I think you know Sony wants to keep that perception going, like keep the JRPGs on their side of the court. You know, it's, it's that perception. Like when people think of Xbox when you, on social media discourse, well, when people bring up JRPGs, there's a stigma. Like, like why would you play a JRPG on Xbox? You, you, you come across those opinions a lot, I find. And a large part of that is due to ge- literally gaming generations of Sony locking away these high-profile games. And this is just the latest example. So it's good that Xbox is doing things to the more niche things like Persona, and I think we thought Street Fighter Six was exclusive, but now we, it's coming to Xbox. That's good. So Xbox is clearly making some inroads with the Japanese market. I think Xbox One, uh, you know, caught, you know, set them back a lot, but I think they're finally gaining back a lot of that that goodwill nowadays. But I still, they still got a ways to go. Sony is a deep relationship with a, a lot of these developers, especially again with the high-profile games. And I think it's going to be a while before that changes. But like, come on, like, like put a ring on it already. I mean, it's a third party developer, either buy them or like, you know, it should come to Xbox eventually. Right. So, I, I mean, I, 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 it's, I, I might, I'm probably not going to play it myself, but I'm just thinking about all the Xbox fans out there that were waiting for this game to come to Xbox and now are scratching their heads thinking, well, well, how long do I have to wait now? And so it's just, it's just, it's the principle of the matter. I, I think that. It's good that the game is, um, oh, they're, they announced a new game. Good for good for the fans of the game. I just feel like Square should, you know, like honor their word. If the if the exclusivity contract was for so long, honor that. Announce it for Xbox. 
or and if something's going on like back back deal kind of thing, like you know, be, a little transparency wouldn't hurt about it. If it's been extended, just just say so. So I don't know. That's my take on the matter. Mm-hmm. I do think you have a point though, because a lot of people have been saying that about. Obviously, you know, it wasn't too long ago that uh, who was it Embracer Group that bought uh, all of Square Enix's Western studios, and now a lot of people are thinking, oh, uh, you know, Sony is going to come in and uh, swoop up and buy Square Enix. Well, what are they waiting for? I mean, <laughs> they already deal do uh, a lot of exclusive deals with them. They may as well uh, make it official right at this point. Uh, and they can't be that much to buy what like seven or eight billion, I think it was quoted at. So they may as well just put a ring on it, like you said, MLD. I mean, it's no yeah, secret. I mean, if it's first party, then then in my opinion, there's nothing. Hey, that changes everything. Like when Bethesda won thir- first party, you can no longer think of Bethesda as a third party entity. They are now first party. That changes everything going forward with all their new games. Same goes for Square Enix. If they were bought by Sony officially. I would have no problems with it going forward because in the end of the day, first party's first party. They are owned by a, you know, by one of the big three. So like, you know, that, that changes the rules. So, but the fact that they are still third party, it, it just seems, it seems a little sleazy to me. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I mean, it is interesting. Like, again, they all do, uh, like their own deals right i mean xbox right now is really aggressive with game pass deals especially uh uh day one uh launching into the service and so on and getting some ex- like some timed exclusivity on these games um but you know sony does grab a lot of these i guess somewhat larger titles i mean obviously the final fantasy 7 remake you know that, that is a pretty big one but they did death loop uh Ghostwire Tokyo, which again will be coming to Xbox platforms soon enough, but they even tried it with Starfield. Apparently, there was rumors of, the, of them uh, trying for a Starfield exclusivity, timed exclusivity. So, again, why wait? Just do it. Do it now. Uh, they may as well just buy them outright. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. To me, it just seems like a no-brainer, and to everybody in the chat, apparently, but that's just me. Um, Let's see. Centurion Pal, I mean, I'm not sure how, you know, if you have any love for the Final Fantasy franchises, but, um, again, we have this Final Fantasy VII anniversary stream here. Uh, MLD and Shockley gave a take. Um, Like, uh, what do you think of... uh, the one announcement for Xbox and also the fact that, you know, we still got nothing uh, for the Final Fantasy VII remake for uh, Xbox platforms. Oh, man. I had some fun with this on Twitter. Um, someone uh, chatted with someone about it. Uh, hang on. Okay, sorry about that, my cat. Anyways, so... um. This whole situation kind of has me laughing. I enjoy a good Final Fantasy game, but I'm going to be brutally blunt. I own a PlayStation 4. I own the PS4 Final Fantasy 7 remake, and it's still in its plastic wrap. I'll get to it eventually. Um, I, I play Final Fantasy games. I think a uh, shock. Is it is Final Fantasy 15 the one where they drive around in the car? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yep. Okay. I played that one and beat it. That was the last Final Fantasy game I played. Um, 
I have like a couple Final Fantasy games, including Final Fantasy VII Remake in my backlog. In Invader, you are not alone. Never played the original Final Fantasy VII. The remake is going to be interesting for me, but from talking to Shockley, it's a completely different experience, so I still have to play the original game anyways. <clears throat> so this whole situation has me laughing whatever we all know that final fantasy and sony have gone together for such a long time like peanut butter and jelly you know they're two completely different things but they have just been put together as a combo for such a long time i still thought it was strange anytime i would see final fantasy on a different platform back in the day other than playstation um do i feel snubbed as an xbox player maybe uh you know this game has been out for x amount of you know x amount of years it seems really interesting that if, if PlayStation is creating a deal or throwing money at this, that we're basically throwing money at a, at a game this old um, at this point, if that is true, um, or like everybody talked about, Square Enix might be lining themselves up to be acquired. What are they waiting for? Well, PlayStation is, um, you know, PlayStation's under the microscope of the FTC as well when it comes to making purchases. That, that little Bungie acquisition... Mm -hmm. you know trip their radar as well you know that's why everybody's like oh my god they're looking at microsoft you know they check out everybody over a certain amount of money and guess what um the money that playstation threw at bungie still was not a small amount of money and the ftc again said hey we have questions just like they did with microsoft and generally when you get in those situations you kind of cool your jets you know, you don't go around in doing stuff like making more acquisitions left and right. Like uh, we just saw recently um, the the showcase invader. Who was it where they had like League of Legends and all that? What was the uh, company? You know, the you know, the company I'm talking about where they're putting a lot of their games in Game Pass now. Well, right. 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 Yeah. Riot, Riot Games. Yeah. Right. But we're not seeing an acquisition. We're seeing a partnership. Um, I thought that was really interesting that Microsoft has not gone around this year talking acquisition, acquisition, because they don't want to ring any more alarm bells for the FTC. Um, I did go out on Twitter, uh, had a little bit of fun and poked at the Final Fantasy VII remake situation, saying that it's interesting that, you know, um, this whole situation shows that Sony is able to compete with Microsoft and regardless of Microsoft's pockets, regardless of the spread of Microsoft's umbrella when it comes to how many studios they could own with Activision, it's still shown that Sony can compete on a very big level. They have titles that are, are almost synonymous with their brand. Um, and I put in my tweet, uh, the Hellraiser dude, be careful what you wish for, because everybody who is complaining, saying that Microsoft is consolidating and creating a situation that is completely anti-competitive, even though we can see that PlayStation is completely being competitive and is able to get people to flock to their console, and it is still making it a major driving force as the, as the main seller of their consoles. And that's why I just kind of chuckled at the whole situation that honestly, in my opinion, by Final Fantasy remaining on the PlayStation platform, it is nothing more than another argument that the Microsoft law team can make in that room with the FTC when the when the concept of anti-competitive comes up. Oh, that's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, no, very good points. Very good points.
Um, yeah, I just, again, it's interesting with Final Fantasy. Um, a lot of people feel burned uh, by this deal. And, you know, there, you know, there's a lot of things that aren't talked about, unfortunately. Um, it's, it's like there is a deal, but there isn't kind of a thing. They can't really talk about things. And, it, yeah, it just kind of sucks for Xbox fans overall. Again, it's funny because Xbox fans don't bug Final Fan, uh, you know, the Final Fantasy developers and publisher Square Enix. Um, but when Tomb Raider, uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, was exclusive, remember for the Xbox One, and then oh, yeah. there were so many people that were jumping on Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics that they had to put out an, a statement like soon after that. Oh, you know, blah blah blah. Like you know, they they were covering themselves, and it just. Still the only apology letter that's ever been issued for any exclusive game. Well, does the Kojima thing count as well? Yeah, right. I think it kind of does. Well, yeah, that was funny too, right? Because literally people were coming after him. Like, there was a lot of, like, weird stuff. Um, Basically the same thing. It's like, oh, sorry, we're making a game for Xbox. We still love PlayStation, though. (laughs) I signed the petition. I want to help Kojima come back to the light. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, no, it was okay, weird because it was just like he didn't even announce a game technically he was just like oh uh we're early on uh making a game for you know we, we're basically yes i am making a game for xbox and we are in a a deal for you know whatever they didn't even show off gameplay or what it was about or what the concept was just oh hey we're making a game with xbox and it's gonna be something entirely new and so on and probably experimental and then a lot of people just get super upset that he's making an exclusive game with them. I mean, they, he didn't even show anything. He just appeared on their, uh, their their stream. And it's like, well, you can't, you know, if you're a Kojima fan, you can't be happy for the guy that he's making a brand new game. Like, you know, they have, do they have to come out and be like, oh, yes, you know, we, we're still working with PlayStation on games. It's like, well, duh, they didn't buy the studio. It's weird. Um, can I throw it out there that I think it's interesting that only in gaming will you be like, no, he only makes content for this brand. But meanwhile, when we go to, could you imagine JJ or George Lucas back in the day? No, 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 no. I only work with Fox. You know, like it's. <laughs> could you imagine being like a Hollywood movie producer or director and only be like, no, 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 no. I I only work with one brand. Like. I'm just kind of cracking up at this whole situation that, you know, forgive a man for wanting to expand his reach and the breadth of his brand and make more money. It, mm-hmm. It's almost like they feel like they're cheated on, like, like it's some kind of like relationship they're in, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Mm. Yeah. I'll agree. It is pretty weird. I mean, I'll never understand that mentality. I mean, I don't know. I, I understand having a fondness for, you know, certain you know aspects of games and whatnot, but like, I don't know, some people are way, way too close uh, when it comes to these things and obsessive, but uh, that's neither here or there. But uh, in any case, guys, I thought that there were some, again, some nice announcements from, again, Final Fantasy uh, 25th anniversary. At least we are getting that. Uh, some Final Fantasy VII uh, spinoff uh, coming to con- uh, to the Xbox platforms uh, this fall, from the looks of it. And again, the Capcom show- showcase wasn't too bad either. Had some interesting stuff as well, uh, some good Resident Evil upgrades and so on. Um, guys in the chat, again, if you like this show, then hey, please hit that like button and share it out. 
Okay, uh, moving on to the last topic for tonight. And you know what, guys? We need to discuss Diablo Immortal, the high-profile mobile game released, I think it was early June, June, yeah, June, th June 2nd, June 2nd, so about two weeks ago. And, you know, it's come out and it's been met with a lot of backlash, um, lots of negative reactions to the microtransactions, to say the least. But I I've been told that it's actually pretty fun, like, really fun in fact which is a shame uh centurion but i'll lead off with you on this last topic because well you know what can i say i i know how much you just adore microtransactions right so uh what's your take on all this backlash in this situation how much i adore microtransactions I, oh my gosh i feel like Okay, so yes, I I participate in the the dark craft of microtransactions. Now, when I say that, I because I play ESO, but that's that's really interesting that it, <clears throat> that Microsoft is going to potentially end up owning Blizzard because of the situation. Let's start with, you know, the fact that Diablo Immortal now has the lowest user score in Metacritic history, at point two doesn't even have a number it is at point two and that is based on over nine one thousand nine hundred and forty three reviews um at least that's according to uh vgc here right now um and that's where this game it got pretty bad i mean when the game first came out and you found out that you had to basically grind um for a specific thing um where did it go oh that one disappeared Darn it. I had it set up here. It's on my phone. There's this weird rune thing that has a very, very low drop rate. This thing actually actually uh, has a 1 in 2,000 chance. Everybody's been wondering exactly how bad it is to get a 5-star legendary gem, an actual true 5-star legendary gem. This is on Game Rant, and it was published yesterday. Diablo Immortal Twitch streamer spends 25k to get first five-star legendary gem and then deletes his character. Um, it, the, it was the fact that he had to spend that much money to get into that gym just to get the drop. I guess the drop rates are really low on some of this stuff. Um, Diablo Immortal has some of the most egregious microtransactions that I've ever heard of. I do not play this game. Um, I don't think I will ever play this game because I will be truthful. I've been tuning into like Arm Armsman Gold. Is that how you pronounce his name? Big Twitch streamer. Oh, are you, are you talking Arms Gold? Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah um, long hair, goatee, um, and so he actually showed how egregious some of these things are. Uh, he ran a character through a dungeon that he ran a character, an unpaid for character, basically a free, a free to play character with no money invested. He ran it through the dungeon, got to the end of the dungeon. And we had this mediocre, um, very lackluster display of not getting loot. Um, he was even confused because he said stuff is missing. And then he went and ran the dungeon again with a different character that had a paid for season pass and paid for upgrades. And when he defeated the end boss again, now all of a sudden it, the slot machine kicked out and it was like a fountain of collectibles and drops and all this other stuff. The, the experience was completely changed because wow. he invested money into it. Um, 
And yes, there is people trying to say that the game is not that bad. You can still grind for stuff. But you've heard people say that some of the stuff, it takes like 150 years to grind for some of these objects. Ooh, wow. Oh, and that's where, I mean, Diablo Immortal, I don't know what made them think. You know, based uh, according to some of the guys I watch that play Diablo games, like, uh, oh, no, it's Alex. He came out and said that this is pretty much a bar that they're wanting to set. And now they're wanting to see how much further they can probably push this bar. How far can we go to get people to really not want to spend money on this product? Because, you know, you sent me that that article, uh, Invader. It's already earned more than $24 million. People are really punching a lot of money into this uh, proverbial slot machine. I mean, this game was outlawed in at least two countries due to the fact that it met the perfect criteria for gambling. Mm -hmm. And I think I saw something recently where somebody spent... Oh, an obscene amount of money. Oh, I want to say, don't uh, don't poke fun at me, guys, if I get it wrong. But it was something like $15,000. I don't know if it was in Australian, American, and so on. But he didn't even get, like, um, he didn't even Water. get, like, a rare, you know, like, one of the, those higher rarity items and whatnot. And it's like... Well, you know, what the hell? What the hell is up? You're with hearing system? multiple stories about that. Like, there's actually multiple stories I've heard. Yours, I would probably, yeah, 15,000. That would be, like, the highest number I've heard. At least one of the numbers that was thrown out at me was the guy went on and streamed and spent five, 6,000 and didn't get another one, but then added on that he spent even more later on in a different stream. So that might be an accumulated total for the same streamer. But, yeah, some of these uh, streamers that have the scratch to actually do it, are trying to see exactly how much money they have to throw into this game to actually to get something. And in some of them, it, it's even said that it's calculated that it could cost up to $110,000 to fully upgrade a character in the game. You see, I'm really, really stingy when it comes to microtransactions and uh, certainly play-to-win types of schemes. Um, I don't drop anything like i don't buy loot boxes or anything like that i'm hardly any cosmetic items to say the least but uh i just i i i'm not a big fan of those types of um like again those microtransactions, right and so i at least not to keep me in the convo but when it comes to eso i do participate in loot boxes generally when i have had a few drinks <laughs> they have a section it's called crown crates you can buy crates that will randomly give you uh in-game uh upgrades whether it's potions or stuff that you can apply to your mounts but you can also get really great cosmetics all the way up to extremely rare very eye-catching mounts i mean like i have I have polymorphs on my character that I literally have people stop and they're like, where did you get that? And when you tell them you have to get it out of a crown crate, you get that, oh, you got to basically play the slot machine. And yeah, sometimes they spit out really awesome objects. Other times you're just like, well, that sucks. Um, but that's that's definitely if you have, I guess, disposable income. But it's interesting because you asked me, Invader, you know, what would happen to this game if Microsoft got a hold of them? And that's where I wanted to show you something. Mm -hmm. um, that's where it gets really interesting. 
with how Microsoft decided to, um, if anybody has ever gone in and looked at Microsoft's terms of agreements when it comes to their stance on loot box policies, um, they do have it published online. Um, and I'm highlighting it right now on my screen because you can't see it, obviously. But line item two states, items and loot boxes can always be earned through gameplay. All items available through paid loot boxes in our games will also be available through unpaid opportunity by gameplay, i.e. grinding. And to prove that this happens with Microsoft games, shortly after Microsoft acquired ZeniMax Bethesda, um, and I, because I play ESO, this is what happened to my own game. Obviously, this was um, on April of 2021. For the first time, Elder Scrolls Online will let players acquire loot box items without paying real world money. And that's when the Endeavor system was actually created in ESO. They were actually, from what it looks like, the stuff I have read, as soon as Microsoft made the acquisition, ZeniMax was required to implement this Endeavor system into the game because of Microsoft's stance on loot boxes and the fact that crown crates needed to be able to be earned through in-game currency. And so, yes, as of April of last year in 2021, there has been a system implemented into ESO to earn all this stuff through gameplay, and it's not through obscene amounts of grinding. And that's where it's going to be really interesting in the long run uh, when Microsoft gets a hold of Blizzard, uh, what they're going to do to this game, because they're probably... They're, it, basically, this game goes against a lot of their policies on loot boxes, and it's going to be very interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting that you mention, uh, again, one of the ZeniMax studios, um, because, well, even Bethesda, because um, with Arcane, for example, they're doing Redfall, and some sleuths had noticed uh, they were comparing Redfall and an older build to uh, one of the more current ones that we had uh, just seen, and they were noticing a, again, like a microtransaction system that would have been in place and it looks like they've taken it out entirely from the looks of it so i i mean i'm assuming that would have to be a microsoft's influence on that from what you're saying so and if that's the case then obviously could you imagine how people would feel if microsoft just flat out came you know got on stage we're delaying Re uh, redfall because there is an asinine amount of microtransactions that we feel that do not belong in the game so the game is going to be delayed and overhauled and they are going to be removed you would probably hear applaud mm -hmm. however i mean if we got enough my ties in you i mean i don't know you might be spending uh you know do Dude, the most stupidest thing I ever did on ESO, um, I used to get these cards from Google. Uh, they would basically, when you did stuff for Google, they would pay you in these stupid gift cards. And yes, I used a $50 gift card to buy a house in ESO. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure we've all heard... Uh worse things right so right but i still <laughs> but that's why i will be truthful that was at a we were having a christmas party here i had a few drinks in me and i thought what the hell and the funny part is that has been our guild hall ever since <laughs> oh all right well i mean at least uh you know there's some kind of history behind it and uh you know you can all kind of have fun and you know at least you don't feel like you really really wasted anything on it right so well Nope, I get to live in a magic little snow globe. <laughs> All right, hey, there you go, guys. <laughs> there you go. But, you know, you, I mean, you love the heck out of uh, Elder Scrolls Online anyways. So, um, I mean, hey, guy, if you, hey, you know what? If that's your thing, all the power to you, man. 
All the power to you. Um, curious uh, about some other uh, thoughts on the panel. Uh, MLD, I mean, uh, you know, obviously we're talking about these uh, microtransactions here with Diablo Immortal, all the backlash. I know that when Diablo Immortal first got announced and it was announced as a mobile game, uh, fans were not happy. They uh, were not happy in the first place that this game was, uh, you know, coming out uh, only on phones and, you know, everyone was like, oh, can we play it on PC? And then uh, the, de the developers were like, oh, but don't you have a phone? You know, it really insulted people. But, uh, you know, you see the reviews, you see, you know, the fan backlash. Like, you know, what do you think of this whole situation here? Okay, well, I mean, I'll get the good out of the way. Apparently, they say it, like it, it plays similar to Diablo Three. Like I, I play, I play Diablo Three with a couple friends, and I had a good time with that. So, if they manage to recapture that magic for the most part, then okay, th th that's one good thing to say. And I do believe that if it's a free-to-play game, you should you should have like a, a profit business model to compensate for that. But given all the evidence. Not not to interrupt you real quick, but I guess that there's a good game there, but it's the fact that literally you'll be playing the game and it will freeze and it will start trying to sell you something in the middle of gameplay. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Like yeah, like I was about, just about to say, like from what I'm hearing, the it, it's egregious and like way too egregious. Like like they're pushing their luck egregious. So I don't support that. So I'm not gonna play the game uh, as a result of that until uh, there's changes uh, that are implemented. Uh, what I also don't agree, well, I, I not agree with, but I don't understand. Like, you know, you get these popular streamers dropping like 10,000, 15,000. You hear these stories out there. You, I, I know you want to do it for the science. You, you want, you want, you just want to get to the bottom of things, but you're just rewarding a, a broken system. Like, you are literally giving a, a company money for something you don't agree with. Mm -hmm. uh, you, prove the science or approve the math or what numbers. Like, that's not, I don't think that's the way you should go about it by rewarding. A broken system I, I i feel like and these are just the the stories that we know about imagine all the other people that don't have a platform on social media that are dropping hundreds or thousands of dollars i don't know i feel like there's better ways to go about uh you know like uh, you know fr uh, voicing your frustrations than actively giving thousands of your own hard-earned dollars but that's just me but uh oh that, that's neither here or there point is though i think that i think what uh what was said about elder scrolls online when uh uh, Microsoft took over. I think that's going to be the same thing because Microsoft, they're pretty good at reading the room these days. Like if there's backlash online, they're going to address it. They're not going to ignore it. They'll, they'll nip it in the bud. That's, a, that's what I think they'll do in this case as well. Like, I think it's a simple matter of increasing the percentages, uh, lowering the costs, uh, you know, like, like little things like that, but overall make a big impact. Like that, just so you spend less money, but your grind, your grind, you're, the grind's not as bad. You get good items no matter what money you put into the game. Like I feel like that wouldn't take a lot of time to implement. Just like, but it has to be done. Hundred percent, it has to be done. But that just means we gotta wait till the the buyout is official. So that's where I stand right now. I'm gonna wait for this buyout to come through and for them to announce changes. And when the changes do come, one, because I'm I'm. I, I play free to play games in my in my past as well, and I do I do give uh, the developers some money here and there because if it's a fun game, I'll throw some money their way just just out of respect because like they gave me a great game, I feel a little bit guilty just playing paying nothing. Yeah, I put hundreds of hours into a game, so yeah, I'll support the developer one when they I feel like they deserve it. So when the changes actually come, then I'll revisit this game and see if they uh, 
you know, see if they deserve uh, some of my money. But so that's where I think it stands. Right now, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. I certainly wouldn't recommend, you know, spending thousands of dollars to try and get the best loot, you know, for a digital game. I, I would just say to hold off and just wait for things to wait for change to happen. That's the best way to get change, in my opinion. Not, not, not to like, just don't play. And eventually change will happen. So th that's my stance on it. Because beneath all this stuff, it is a fun game from what I hear. So that's what I'm really looking forward to. Well, it's funny too, MLD, because I mean, I mean, it is a free-to-play game, and obviously they're supposed to make money in their microtransactions, you know. Uh, but at the same time, it's like the way that they're going about the microtransactions. It's just uh, you're forced to to go to them in a lot of cases, right, to get uh, the you know the best uh, loot and so on to progress, and it just kind of. From what I'm to understand, it just kind of makes it almost game-breaking in that way, right? So it just doesn't sound like a very fair system that they they set up for the this uh, free-to-play uh, title, which is unfortunate because, like you said, the gameplay seems fine. It actually it looks like a pretty decent-looking game too on mobile. It's just uh, they they made a very aggressive like again pay-to-win system here, and it just I, I just. I don't know, it just it does not it's not very consumer friendly unfortunately mm -hmm. um yeah so i mean again hopefully microsoft can get a hold on these things and you know tell them to clamp down once you know they're under their umbrella um eric buddy i mean i would love to hear your thoughts on this um i don't know if you've uh, played the game yet or are interested in it um, obviously, there's been a lot of talk uh, online about this. Um, it, you know, over the past couple of weeks, it's uh, been a little bit of a, a hot topic. Uh, do you have any thoughts on it? Not much, other than it's just you know, mobile game, and that's what mobile games do. Um, although it reminds me of when uh, Diablo three first dropped on PC, and people were a lot of people were pissed about the always online feature or like their auction house where you basically had to if you didn't go through the auction house you weren't going to find like it would be very rare that you'd find the really good in-game uh like materials or in-game um, armor and weapons um but they actually had a non uh actual like they basically had like a monopoly money version of auction house and they had the other auction house where you could actually pay real money for those items so they did kind of split that up but kind of gives me those vibes um but yeah hopefully they improve that but i don't really have much interest in that other than playing uh diablo 4 when it comes out because you'll be able to play that on your phone anyway streaming that game um, although that would be a terrible way to play it. Um, but unless maybe you had the control, <laughs> obviously on-screen controls would be probably awful. But yeah, I don't have too much interest in it, so hopefully it proves for the people that enjoy it. Um, but yeah, I'm sure Microsoft, like Centurion, uh, already pointed out, will probably help improve based off like that guideline. So mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, Centurion, we got Diablo 4 releasing, I mean, I think it's next year from what I from what I remember. Um, <laughs> to me, it just seems like a, uh, a scenario where, 
I mean, they are making money off of this, but it's kind of been a little bit of a PR nightmare for them in some ways, uh, Blizzard. And they don't need any more of those, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, do you think they they just want to like kind of sweep <laughs> this under the rug eventually and just you know move straight into uh, Diablo Four and uh, you know putting out news for that? Uh, probably more than likely. Um, I think it's interesting how Shockley mentioned the auction house because when you listen to the actual Diablo fans, the ones that are making content online that have been playing like since it first came out like my brother um a lot of them are excited for diablo 4 but a lot of them are worried about just how egregious the microtransactions are in this mobile game and that they're really worried that because they didn't mention that all the microtransactions in diablo 4 are going to be um mostly cosmetic based but i guess um the cosmetics of the game are a big deal to Diablo players and they're worried that without a system like the auction house um, done well, it could turn into another situation where people are paying, are paying a lot of money um, and potentially have situations where they're almost like gambling, trying to get certain cosmetics. Um, and that's where um, the, there is a lot for to debate if you're a Diablo fan on exactly what, Diablo 4 is going to have in it. Mm-hmm, yeah. Again, going forward, um, I'm not saying that I'm the biggest Diablo fan out there, but going forward, I I have a lot of, uh, you know, good hopes for uh, the Diablo franchise moving forward, especially, again, with Microsoft's backing. Um, I just hope that, again, they've learned from this scenario. Uh, hopefully they're able to adjust some things, uh, aspects and whatnot with uh, their system with Diablo more. Make it, you know, a little more fair <laughs> going forward. Um, but most Diablo fans are looking forward to Diablo 4 in the long run. Actually, they don't have that much longer to go. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to have a lot of... Um, well, hopefully a lot more to see from Blizzard from that, but uh, they could use some good news right now. Uh, I think uh, that's that's uh, for sure. But, um, okay, guys, I think um, we'll close out that topic and we'll just start closing off tonight's show. And again, I have to say, I, I love the commentary across the panel, across the board. Um, nicely done, gents. Honestly, I thought we had some really good commentary there. Uh, tonight, we went over the Xbox Extended Showcase, Capcom's Showcase, Diablo Immortal, uh, the Final Fantasy stream, and a little more, of course. And to all our wonderful viewers, if you enjoyed tonight's show, then please consider leaving us a like, sharing this content out, and of course, sub to the channel if you're new. Uh, we'd love to have you stick around, of course. Um, you know, the more the merrier, right? And of course, you know, again, just to uh, top it all off, happy Father's Day to all the wonderful dads out there, whoever, uh, you know, popped into the show. Again, you guys kick butt. But uh, with that out of the way, let's move over to the outros. Uh, starting off with General MLD. Buddy, hey, I loved your thoughts tonight. Uh, where can all these fine people follow you at? Thank you, thank you. You guys can find me at MLD Ghost on Twitter, gamer tag Ghost MLD. You could always uh, hit me up uh, playing this thing or that. But uh, yeah, looking forward to next week. Uh, let's see what Xbox has in store for us. 
Yeah, buddy. Totally agree. And who, who knows? We uh, might have some uh, you know other news from across the industry. But hey, always uh, looking forward to some more Xbox news. Uh, down the list here, Eric Shockley, buddy. Uh, you had a really solid show as per usual. Loved your takes. Uh, where can all these fine people follow you at? Yeah, as always, you can find me at Shockner on Twitter, Easy Shock on Xbox Live. But yeah, good show tonight. Uh, good topics. And uh, looking forward to the uh, rest of these uh, games this summer. Got the, that what was it, the Kanaka game coming out, I think, next next week. Yeah, uh, Sonic soon. Mania. Definitely going to be, I think I have the day off for Sonic Mania. So <laughs> going to be playing that all day. Um, but yeah, good show tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, a good show. And let's see here. Who do we got? Oh, yeah, Mr. Maricopa Centurion. Buddy, hey, again, you had some really good takes. Uh, I mean, you always have some pretty good takes, but, uh, again, love your thoughts tonight, too. Uh, where can everybody follow you? No, thank you, gents, for uh, putting up with me and having a great conversation. Uh, thank you for helping me close out a great Sunday night conversation about gaming. Thank you to everybody out in the chat. For those interested in finding me, please find me at Centurion1307 right here on YouTube, Twitter, and, of course, Xbox Live. You can also find me right here every Sunday night right on the TXR podcast, and you can also find me every Wednesday on Gaming Beyond the Box, and that takes place at 8 Eastern. Yes, I'm getting the time right now. <laughs> yes, yes, I, yeah, that, that sounds right. That sounds right for that show. And uh, remember to hit Centurion up tonight. Uh, make sure he plays some uh, some Elder Scrolls Online. Make sure he gets a few uh, Mai Tais and some Singapore slings in them, and uh, make him you know pressure him in to, to buy some more uh, fifty dollar DLC. I'm just kidding, no. Centurion. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, well, DLC. I'd buy DLC, but a loot box. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, just teasing, pal. Just teasing. But um, oh yeah, and I guess to round out things, uh, you guys can find my content on YouTube at Invader Gaming. Also, you can find me on the Bluebird app, Twitter at Invader underscore one nine eight six. Again, excellent stuff tonight, folks, and we look forward to seeing you all here next time. Later, everyone. Have a good one. <laughs>